Hello, and welcome back to His Call My Purpose. You're probably saying, where has she been? What is going on? She has been MIA for a minute. Well, what has happened is, I would forget. I would wait too late. Um, I would think, oh, well, no one would miss it, so I won't do it today. I'll do it tomorrow, and then tomorrow, and then tomorrow, and then tomorrow. And then finally today, I said, you know what? Just sit down and share your podcast because it might be something encouraging. It might help someone just have a time of focus and study. So we are studying the story of Joseph and we are still in Exodus chapter 37. And it said that I went to verse 17 in the last study, but I'm going to back up to go to for today and go to verse 12 um, for today's little session. And then I'll read from verse 12 to verse 28. And it reads, soon after this, Joseph brothers went to the pasture, their father's flock in Shechem. When they had been gone for some time, Jacob said to Joseph, your brothers are pasturing the sheep in Shechem. Get ready and I will send you to them. I am ready to go, Joseph replied. Go and see how your brothers and the flocks are getting along, Jacob said. Then come back and bring me report. So Jacob sent him on, sent him on his way and Joseph traveled to Shechem from their home in the valley of Hebron. When he arrived there, a man in the area noticed him wandering around the countryside. What are you looking for? He asked. I'm looking for my brothers, Joseph replied. Do you know where they are pasturing their sheep? Yes, the man told him. They have moved on up from him, but I heard them say, let's go down to Dothan. So Joseph followed his brothers to Dothan and found them there. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of his cisterns. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten them. Then we'll see what becomes of this dreamer. But when Reuben heard of their scheme, he came to Joseph's rescue. Let's not kill him, he said. Why should we shed any blood? Let's just throw him into the empty cistern here in the wilderness. Then he will die without our laying a hand on him. Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him to his father. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off his beautiful robe he was wearing. Then they grabbed him and threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty and there was no water in it. Then just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming toward them. It was a group of Ishmaelite traders taking a load of gum, balm, and aromatic resin from Galilee down to Egypt. Judah and his brothers, Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain by killing our brothers? We will have to cover up the crime. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to those Ishmaelite traders. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. And his brothers agreed. So when the Ishmaelites who were the Midianite traders came by, Joseph's brother pulled him out of the cistern and sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver. And the traders took him to Egypt. 
what can we get out of that text? And you might say, oh, that's pretty much nothing. Joseph went, they, they were going to kill him, and now he sold into slavery to the Ishmaelites. Well, there's a lot to unpack here. Because if you look at what was given, a directive was given to Joseph by his father. Go check on your brothers. That is, and he said, I'm ready. So he was willing to do his part. Now, again, he's he's the youngest brother. He's not the youngest brother because he has a younger brother, but he's the youngest brother able to do something within the family text. And he's willing to go. He's willing to walk. He And it's not like... Um, for us, like walking from the couch to the refrigerator. No, he has to walk some ways in which to go check on his brothers and bring back word to the father. He goes to one location and the brothers aren't there. So then he has to go to another location. So that's just not some simple task. So in order to do this, whether it is to gain favor in the father's eye, Joseph is willing to take on this task. So it shows that he cares for his brothers. It shows that he has a connection for his brothers, even though at this particular point, the brothers feel like he's an annoying little brother. So then when he gets there, and it's funny because the scripture specifically says, the brothers saw him coming and they recognized him in a, di in a distance. Well, I don't think this is a 2020 vision thing. I think this is because Joseph again was wearing his coat because later down the line in the scripture, it says um, that, let me find the text. It says that Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful coat he was wearing. So in the distance, they were able to recognize him because of his coat. A lot of times in our lives, we wear coats that allow people to recognize us for what they perceive we are, but the coat does not depict who we are as a person. So my question to you also is what are you wearing that would give people the impression or give allow people to label you as something that necessarily, they, not to say that you aren't, because Joseph was his father's favorite. Joseph was given that coat from his father, but not because he didn't love his other uh, children, but because of Joseph's, I mean, Jacob's connection to Joseph's mother. It was a relational thing. It was something that was bigger than Joseph. It was something that was greater than Joseph that the other siblings could not possibly understand. But Joseph was walking in that position, walking in that result of, and he was being targeted for that. He was being um, labeled for that. So how many of us have things in our lives that are ne not necessarily attached to us? It may be clothing. It may be a physical attribute. It may be a verbal attribute. It may be something that sets you apart, something that has been given to you that people deem a, how can I say it? It's not a crutch. They don't deem it a crutch. They deem it, people deem it as a, they take it out of contents. Like you think you are better than them, that you think you are greater than them, that you think that you have abilities and um, things that they don't. Again, they also have the love of their father. Just be, 
they have the love of the father, but the father's love of the, their love of the father is just different. Every parent, if they're honest, they love their children. But I'm sorry to say you love your children equally would not be true because just the simple fact as you love your oldest child or your first child because wow, this is amazing. This is my first gift. This is my, and then you love your, your, your baby because wow, this is, this is a child that's going to be the last one that I have. And then you love that middle one because of just the special attributes and, and, and personality that they bring to the table but to say that you love them all exactly the same i would i would ask that you examine yourself and so i sidetrack for a minute but in this season we know why the brothers are able to see joseph in a distance because he's wearing this coat the coat that brings the division between the brothers the coat that stirs up the pot and reminds them that they are not the his father's their father's favorite so out of their anger, out of their frustration, their first motive is to say, let's kill our brother. Wow. That went from zero to a hundred really quickly. Like, why was that their first instant? Why was that? Let's kill him. Because a lot of times in life where we depict something to be our thorn in our side, to be that which um, reminds us of truly who we say we are, we want to get rid of it. So Joseph reminds them that they are not the favorite. Joseph reminds them of the relationship that their father has with Joseph's mother. And it reminds them that Joseph gets a lot of things that they don't, but they don't realize you guys are older than Joseph. Joseph is one of the youngest of the family. So when you start getting angry and you start getting building up all this emotion and animosity toward David, and I'm not saying David didn't warrant it, because if we look at families and we look at the baby of the family, the baby of the family does tend to be spoiled. The baby of the family does tend to get away with all these things that the oldest one did not, or the older ones did not. And we have to look at the family. When parents are learning how to be parents, you could read every single book you have, but it doesn't really actually tell you how to be a parent. It is on the job training. So when you have your first child, you learn through trial and error. And I know that sounds like, oh no, Denise. yeah, you do. You learn what works best because you have now a gift. You have a life that is in your hands. That is your responsibility. You have no idea who, what this personality is going to be. You have no idea what this person's strength or weakness is in. So you are like, okay, I'm going to take the knowledge from my, my family and my parents. And then I'm going to take the knowledge from these books that I read. And I'm going to do my best to pour into this child the love and the compassion that I have. But then by the time you get to the baby, you've mastered it. You know how to do it. You know how to you know how to change the diaper and 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 not get it on you. You know, uh-oh, that's going to be a rough diaper. Uh-oh, that's going to be a leaky diaper. Oh, that's going to be this. You know how to wash their clothes. You know how to, you know, give them a bath and not get soap in their eyes when you're washing their hair. You've learned that because you unfortunately the oldest child was the trial and error. So when you look at this it's, it's things, the, and then we don't teach our children 
to appreciate or to be a part or to understand the differences of how we raise our kids we think oh i'm the parent i'm the parent and it just goes how we say so i believe some of this a lot of this is jacob's fault a lot of this is the parenting fault of the parents and, and why this build the animosity but it's sad and even today we are quick we go from zero to a hundred it's like oh let's kill him so here are all his older brothers going let's kill him all for the simple fact because he's annoying because he tattletales and he insinuated that he was going to rule over them now how many of us know that have little siblings or little cousins or little you know people that we're close to that are younger than ours that love to boast that love to brag you can look at two little kids and they could say well my toy is better than yours okay well my cookie's bigger than yours it's always a competition it's always something that they're gonna say that's what young people kids do growing up does doesn't matter if you're related or not they do it in preschool they do it in kindergarten but as they learn and they're taught to share as they learn and they're taught to understand one another that's what happens but in this scenario i'm not going to judge because i wasn't there so i'm not going to say but we can look at the anger and the frustration that the older brothers and what they immediately went to and so i would like to just challenge you when you get mad and not necessarily at a sibling but at a loved one or something where do you go do you go from zero to a hundred or do you sit down and process the situation and communicate and articulate what is truly going on so then we go down through the scripture and then it's like it's like so funny because Reuben jumps in and says you know why would we shed why would we shed any blood let's throw him into the empty cistern in the wilderness and then he will die without the blood being on our hands but he, then he says and then secretly he will come back and um rescue joseph now my question is why did you have to secretly come do anything why could you not just say hey guys you guys are doing team too much we don't need to kill our brother we just need to let him know hey we're not cool with this we're not cool with you flaunt flaunting your jacket we're not cool with you always tattletelling um on us and telling dad what we're doing and what we're not doing hey we're brothers we got each other's back let's represent let's act like that but to sit there and say I'm gonna do this and we do that in life. So basically what Ruben was doing was trying to defuse the situation and then he was going to rescue Joseph later. But we have to realize in our life, what we plan, if it's not in line and it's not what God wants, we could plan all we want, but God will change that. Because it's really funny that they just happened to be by an empty cistern right so they now can you imagine in this conversation in this instant what joseph is thinking because the way i look at it too is if i'm in a in a in a position where my brothers see me off in the distance if they could see me at some point in this conversation i'm hearing what they're saying i'm hearing what they're talking about and i'm like wait a minute think about the confusion the hurt the disappointment the fear that joseph must have had wait this is for real y'all really finna kill me and then they actually do throw him in the cistern like think about the tears that were shed this is some this is a young man who has been sheltered who has been protected who has always been um 
for lack of better word, babied all of his life. And then here he is at this point and his brothers, his own flesh and blood is out here doing this to him. Think about all the thoughts that he must have went through. Think about the things that he, he was going through. And so, and they said, you know, we'll rip, we'll rip the, you know, they ripped the robe off of him. Sometimes we carry things that trick. No, I don't like to use the word trigger. Um, that are the source of the pain and frustration of someone else. Now, for us, it could be a job. For us, honestly, it could be a skill set. For us, it could be a, a position. Because a lot of times what we do is we take what we are excited about and we deem, it could be a car. You know, we're on social media and we are on um, any of those platforms and we're flashing our new car. And, you know, and then people are like, "Whoa, how they get that new car? Look at them. Oh, here they come. They done got a new car. And then or for others, it could be flashing jewelry. It could be flashing clothes and other people close to you, whether it's a sibling or not, are going, see, look at them. Look at them. I'm so tired. They're always um, you know, they're always traveling. Well, before COVID, they're always flashing their money. They're always flashing where they're going. Not understanding that it's okay for you to, you to achieve things, but look at those around you that don't have. Look at those around you that aren't on the same level. Look at those around you that feel like they have to go through something harder than you. And when you come and it's not that you shouldn't be excited about the things that you get and the things that you have, but in the manner in which you share them, in the manner in which you flash them in front of people's in, in people's face. Joseph, I'm pretty sure he it says he was annoying. He was the brat. He was the youngest of them. You know, even though he's going to, you know, there's his little brother, Benjamin, that we find out later. But he is the second to the youngest. I don't want to say the youngest and you guys, oh, well, he wasn't, he wasn't the youngest, but he was his favorite. He was the oldest of his parents, his mother and his father, and the youngest of his other brothers at this time. So we look at that and we're, you know, it's like people, you can't, you can't stop people from feeling a t some type of way. You can't stop people from the emotion, but you can um, articulate your thoughts. You can be mindful of other people in these types of situations. And then all of a sudden the Ishmaelite traders come and they sell Joseph off to these Ishmaelite traders. Now, God doesn't make mistakes. Every step of the way and all the, the, the beginning of chapter 37 and what I've read up to now, God knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly what was going to happen when that coat was given to Joseph. He knew exactly how the other brothers were going to react. He knew exactly what was going to happen when he allowed Joseph to, to articulate the dreams that he gave to Joseph. See, if he had not given those dreams to Joseph, Joseph would not have shared those dreams. If Joseph had not shared those dreams, his brothers would not have reacted the way they did. If jo the brothers did not react the way they did, Joseph would not have been sold into slavery to the Ishmaelite traders. 
Because we'll find out where Joseph ends up is where Joseph is supposed to be. See, sometimes God allows things to happen in our life that we don't understand, that we feel that are devastating, that are are just the bottom of the barrel, the, the just the lowest of the lowest. And God sometimes has to place us in those positions to get us to where we are because a lot of times when we, I keep saying a lot of times a lot, when we are at our highest point, we tend to not reach out or to seek God, but it's at our lowest point where we are focused, where we are paying attention and where we are listening to God. Now don't get, don't, don't misquote me on that. I'm not saying that the only time that you will hear God is at your lowest point. I'm not saying the only time that you will spend time with God is when you're at your lowest point, but it's at those lowest points. I promise you that you are more focus than when you are at your highest point. No, if you're at your highest points, there are times where you are thanking God and you're appreciative of God, but sometimes God has to remove you from what you're familiar with to place you to, to the unfamiliar in order for you to grow to the next space. Because sometimes we won't leave where we're supposed to leave because we're comfortable. Joseph was comfortable when he was at home. He was comfortable with his father. He had, he was living his best life. So God had to remove him so that so that the dream not only that the dreams would come true but that Joseph would grow and Joseph would in in not empower that's the wrong word that Joseph would be the messenger that he needed Joseph to be. Right? So don't look at your circumstances as a pitfall. Ha ha, play on words because he was in the pit. Don't always look him at a pitfall. Look at that pitfall as, Lord, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to learn here? What are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to show me in this instant, in this situation? And remember in those situations is our timing is not his timing. So when you ask God to show you what is going on in that pit, don't think that God is going to hurry up and get you out of the pit and answer your prayers. Sometimes you're going to have to stay in that pit. Sometimes you're going to have to stay in that situation for a moment because in that in that moment, you might have you ever I'm going to use kids as a situation and I don't mean to be long, but I'm trying to make a point. Um, I'm going to use kids as a situation nine times out of ten. When we see kids and either a kid, you know, um, hit another kid or they snatched another toy, the first thing we do is say, tell them you sorry. Now, honestly, no, not to be me, but is that child really sorry? No, he's not sorry. He's learned because we've told them and we've taught our kids repeatedly, just say you're sorry. So sometimes when you get into that pit, you might think, okay, Lord, I got it. Okay, I'm in this pit because I messed up and I did. And you might really know what you did. But the inside, your innermost being, your innermost, what God looks at the heart, your heart ain't changed. You're saying that because you're thinking, okay, if I acknowledge that I'm in the pit, if I acknowledge that I wronged Susie, if I acknowledge that I did, that I said something wrong, boom, I'm forgiven. I, I'm a move on to the next step. Okay, let's get out. No, God said, I want real change. I want real change. I really need you to change. I really need you to step outside of your comfort zone. I need you not just to change, but I need you to grow. See, a lot of times we think just because we change or just because we're aware or just because we learned from that. Okay, no, he wants you to grow. 
because he doesn't want you to have to go back. He doesn't see. I always say when I find myself back in the same pit, that means I didn't learn and I didn't grow from the first time that I was there. That means there was something that I was supposed to learn in that pit that I did not learn. And that's why I'm back in that situation. So when we look at our lives, we have to look at our lives and say, what is God trying to tell me? What is he telling me? And why am I in this pit? What did I do to that led up to this? Because he told me something else on the other side of the pit. But now I'm in this pit and now I'm alone. And a lot of times when we're in a pit, we like to bring everybody with us. And God is saying, no, this is not for everybody else. This is just for you. Everybody can't come to the party. So when you look at Joseph, I want you to go back and I want you to read those chapters. I want you to let me know what you saw in it. What you Because a lot of times we read past scriptures and we don't really look at wait because you know everybody's like oh the brothers are so bad and the brothers are this and the brothers are that i'm not i'm not i'm not team brothers right because the brothers had to do what they had to do in order for joseph to end up where he had to end up but i'm saying sometimes we sugarcoat our motives because like reuben said one thing but his mind he was thinking another and we're thinking oh reuben was the good brother no a good brother would have said you guys let's stop this all together this is our brother. There's no need for that. Let's squash it. Let's move on. He's the baby. He's going to keep acting like that. We just need to educate him. But instead, he was going to secretly do something. So again, when we do stuff and we think, oh, I'm just going to do it on the backside. God's like, no, I don't want you to do it on the backside. Because are you are you embarrassed by me? Are you ashamed of me? Why do you have to do it on the backside? Speak up in front of others in front for me. Be that truth. Be that word. Real talk, real life. And I pro- no, I don't promise. I was going to say I promise I will do more frequently, but, you know, life. But I will do my best to come back still this week with the next um, chapter um, and so that we can finish this series so that you guys can gain some understanding. I love the story of Joseph. I hope that it wasn't too long um, on my podcast. And I will see you guys on the next podcast. Real talk, real life.